How are you guys? Blessed? Yes. Haven't seen you in a while since last uh, weekend. I know. There's a lot to talk about. First of all, um, our retreat was awesome. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, and there was like all these things that happened the last night. Um, and if you didn't know, um, there was other churches there and one of the churches, a bunch of kids and I think adults eventually, like we thought it was like 20 people that got sick. It was like in the 40s, guys, like 47 people that got sick. So uh, we came out on the news as a church. Yeah, we did. And uh, it just said that we didn't get sick. That's all it said. <laughs> Praise God for that. <laughs> Amen. So the, the news uh, called us, uh, well, called Cynthia, and um, we didn't answer because we were like, who is this? Oh, don't answer it. Okay. But then we saw the voicemail, and it was Jane Yamamoto, uh, Channel 4 News, and we called her back, and we told her, like, we just wanted to clear um, the place where we stayed because, you know, the news were, like, just saying that a bunch of people got sick, and we felt bad, so we're like, let's just say, you know, Nothing happened to us. It must have been just something in their group. And we ate the food. I even ate the last, I think I ate the last day. I don't remember anymore. But, but yeah, so y'all, some of you guys ate the last day. and You guys are fine, amen? All right. So, you know, we just told her that. And she's like, well, it's too late. We already aired the news. And we were like, oh, okay. But she did say, if you guys do anything good in the community, just call me. And I'll cover you guys. So, praise the Lord for that. Amen. So um, the retreat was awesome. Yesterday we had the privilege to go out into the streets and pass out the flyers for Easter and um, talk to people. And um, we had a, a, a few encounters. Uh, it was me and David uh, that we were, that was my team mate. And uh, we went out and we talked to a few people, a few experiences, a few things that happened that were pretty, pretty, pretty intense, pretty uh, heartfelt, you know, anytime you talk to someone that's homeless and that's kind of down and out, it's, it's pretty tough. And we met uh, a family of three, uh, two brothers and their dad living in the street. We met them like over here by Olympic. And they were just there sitting in the heat while trying to get some shade. And me and David just sat there with them for a little while on the floor and I was like, can I sit here with you guys for a minute? And they were like, oh, yeah, of course. And we just heard them out. Like, we just asked them questions. And, and we told them that God loves them and that God doesn't want this kind of lifestyle for them, that he has better and good intentions for them. And we prayed, and they were crying. And just we were just, you know, pouring God's love on them. And they said, uh, I, I asked them, like, where do you guys sleep and stuff? And he said that there's a, a gentleman that owns, a, a, I think, a farmer's insurance down here somewhere. And, and there's like a space where he lets them sleep every night. It's not inside, but there's like a, like a secluded space where they can. He's like, and we just get in there, all three of us bundled up when it's cold. And when it rains, the guy will put out a tarp. I mean, this is how it, it just changes your perspective. It changes how you look at life. I think if, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling stuck in your Christian walk, go out there and preach the gospel, and your mind will change rapidly, very fast. And it just changed my perspective on how sometimes we look at life and how blessed we are and how God blesses us and he takes care of us. And 
you know, he frees us from addictions and we're not addicted to stuff. And, you know, he delivers us. He, he heals us. And people are hungry for that outside. They're, they need it. They need us outside. They need the church to be active and to be going out and talking to people. So I don't want it to be five people again. I need more of you to come next Saturday. You have something to give. You have... Jesus has changed your life. You have something to say. Like, I've been changed. Don't think that you need to have a special anointing and a special calling to go out and tell people how much God loves them. You don't. You don't need a position in church. Although, if you have one, you should probably be going out there with us. Sorry. But it's true. People need us. So another couple, we met another couple. I heard them arguing from afar. And I was like, let's go see what's going on, David. <laughs> being nosy, being that I love to see happy couples and marriages that are happy. Amen? All right. So we went, and uh, I was like, what's going on, guys? Like mid-argument. I'm like, what's going on, guys? And she's like, I have bronchitis. And then that's when Cynthia freaked out because she's like, did you touch her? I'm like, well, I prayed for her. I'm all right. And um, she's like, I have bronchitis and I have asthma. I don't have insurance, and I need to get to the hospital. And I'm like, what can I do? Let me call someone. I mean, she's like, I don't know. I don't want the bill. I still don't want to go. It was just like this complicated thing. So I'm like, I'm going to pray for you because I believe God can heal you. And she's like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, well, well, I do. So I put my hand on her, like, shoulder area, like, in the back. And I just began to... I actually wasn't even praying yet. I was just like, in my heart, I was just asking the Lord to just move in her life. And I could feel the presence of God. I could feel his anointing. And uh, as soon as I began to actually say words out loud, she began to, like, get really overwhelmed by the presence of God. She felt the presence of God. And I, I said maybe three, four words, and she just ran away, like, into the street. And a car almost hit her. And I'm like, hold on, like, watch out, you know? And she stops, and then she goes into the middle island, you know, in the middle of the road. And she's just kind of, like, crying and going like this. And, and I was like, wow, like, people really need to be delivered. They need healing. They need deliverance in their soul. And I told them that we'd be praying for them. Their name is Marianne and Vince. So we're going to pray for Marianne and Vince today. And we're going to pray for the, the family, Sergio, Pete, and their dad, Pete as well, Peter. <laughs> Peter Sr. and Peter Jr. And so there's, there's a lot here in Montebello. So I woke up on Thursday. I'm going to get to the word right now, but just let me just get all this stuff out, okay? It's important. I woke up on Thursday morning, and... The Lord reminded me of something. For those of you that were at Culver City when we were there, the last day that we were there, there, there was, we had some visitors that day for, like, the first time. And there was these people from the neighborhood that walked in, that heard the music, heard the worship, and they walked in, three or four people. And I remember preaching and seeing the lady in the back crying, and the Lord's reminding me of this memory, and he said, you know why? You know why I gave you that sign? Because we were like... Why on the last day, Lord? Like, I always ask that, like, on the last day, really? 
And they really liked it and they enjoyed it, but they, they didn't like really have a relationship with God necessarily. But they were looking, they were hungry. And the Lord this Thursday morning said, because all the times that you guys went out at Culver City, we prayed for businesses. We prayed for the people. We walked around the neighborhood, not even talking to anyone, just praying for the neighborhoods. That's all we did at times. We adopted Culver City. We loved on Culver City. And we need to do that here at Montebello. And on Thursday morning or one of those mornings, God said, you need to hug Montebello as a church. We need to hug Montebello. Amen? This beautiful hill, we need to hug it. We're going to just see God change this community through Grace and Love Church. Amen? Amen? All right. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. And I want to start a conversation with you that, that we're going to have for maybe the, the month of April. And uh, you'll see why. So Hebrews chapter 6. Let me know when you're there. We're going to read from verse 1 to uh, verse 3. It says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ... Let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Amen? You guys good? I know it's like, what? What does it mean? So, this month we're going to talk about, and we're going to call it elementary. So, welcome to elementary school. Amen? Um, no, you know, when you read that, and, and for, many, for many years, people have taken this passage as to say that this is like the simple stuff about Jesus Christ. And this is not necessarily meaning that it's simple, it meaning, it, this means that it's foundational. And basically, we shouldn't argue about these things. So Paul is talking to the Hebrews here, and he's telling them that the things that you guys are arguing about, the things that you guys are still on, we should move on from those things because these things are settled. Amen? So we shouldn't, like, discuss, we shouldn't rearrange, we shouldn't move around, because these things in the book of Hebrews, what he talks about, they're foundational principles that have been settled already. So for a lot of, for a lot of these, they, there were still arguments among the Jews. For example, resurrection of the dead. There was actually a group of uh, Jews that didn't believe this. Now, you can't not believe in resurrection and believe in Jesus. That just doesn't make sense because Jesus didn't stay dead. Amen. He's alive. He's well. Amen. So praise the Lord. So there was a group that actually argued that. And Paul is saying it's not that these things are simple and for kids or for, um, you know, new Christians or new believers. It's that these things are settled. They're foundational principles that we shouldn't argue about, that we shouldn't look at again. And all of these things that we're going to discuss are summed up in Christ. We need, you know, I'm not really going to say things that you've never heard before, perhaps. But I think it's not about what you know. It's what you are revealed in your heart. 
how you see Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. It's important that you get to know him, that you see him, that he's like number one in your life, that he's everything you surround yourself with, that he's, uh, you know, the center of your family. He's the center of your marriage. He's the center of your profession. He's the center of your ministry. He's the center of your parenting. He's the center of everything that you do is based on Jesus. And that's what Paul is saying here. That's what the writer is saying is, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. In other words, let's move on from the fact of what he did for us and let's, let's, let's go do the stuff that he's called us to do. Amen? So we don't need to, for example, we don't need to argue about repentance from dead works, for example. We know, all of us here should know, if you don't, you will know today, that we don't need to argue whether we need to repent from dead works or we need to turn away from dead works. Amen? Because we don't do stuff to gain from God. We do stuff because we've gained from God. We've been accepted. You guys know this. We we say this all the time. We've been accepted already. So we don't do works to be accepted. We do works because we've been accepted. In other words, we do the stuff we do. We go pass out flyers. We go talk to people. We come to service. We serve in church, not because we want from God, but because he has given us everything. So we move from dead works to faith toward God. See, we live by faith and not by sight or, or by what we do. We live by trusting the Lord. Amen. So what happens to us sometimes in our spiritual walk is that we'll forget these things. We'll forget the foundational truths that they they sum up in Jesus. And we start to do all this stuff and we start to go into like motions and doing. And all of a sudden we forgot that it's all about Jesus. And we need to turn back if you feel heavy in your walk with Christ. If you feel stagnant, if you feel like you're in in the desert or something like that, or dry, you need to go back to the fundamental principles, and that's Christ. Now, it sounds very schooly and very teachy, but it's just having a relationship with Jesus Christ, knowing who he is. Are you with me? Knowing who he is, he's beautiful, he's amazing, he's powerful, he's loving, he's just, he's truth. All of those things, getting to know him, getting to know Jesus is so important. And that's what this is all about. God is saying, look, all of these things are summed up in Christ. What Jesus did allows us to move away from dead works. Amen? into faith and we'll talk about that but what's the next thing so that's repentance and faith the next one is of the doctrine of baptisms now it doesn't say here that we should stop talking about baptism that's not what it's talking about you know what it's talking about here the doctrine of baptisms it's talking about the old covenant And all the things that they had to do to cleanse themselves in order to enter into the Holy of Holies. Amen. They had to do a sacrifice in the outer courts. They had to get some blood and put it in their ear and and big toe. I don't know. Some stuff like that. And, And then they had to go into the holy place and wash their hands in there and be cleansed in there. And then they then they had to do some incense in the Holy of Holies and then walk in there. 
Those were the cleansing rites that they had to do in order to enter the presence of God. And what the writer is saying here, you don't need to do anything anymore. You don't got to do a bunch of things. You don't have to try to enter into the presence of God. You are in the presence of God. Amen? You are in the presence. So you don't need to argue about the doctrine of baptisms. You don't need to, you don't need to keep cleansing yourself. Okay, you just need to realize that in Christ, he's made you clean. He's made you pure in him. Amen. So that's the doctrine of baptisms. It's not baptism in the in the water or in the Holy Spirit. No, we, we still need to talk about those things. But we don't need to talk about, what, you know, hey, I remember uh, back, in, back in the day, I really wanted to speak in tongues like really bad. And, like, I did everything, guys. I fasted. I prayed. I, uh, I went to every service. I went to the morning service. They used to call Matutino in the 5 a.m., 4 a.m., I don't know, some craziness. I went to the 24-hour prayer. I went to everything because I really wanted this gift. And I asked someone one time, my mistake, a peer. I didn't go ask a leader, of course. I went to ask some, some dude. And I said, hey, listen, um, you speak in tongues, right? Yeah. Cool. How do you do that? Like, how do you get to that point? Because I felt like, man, that is like, wow, whoever speaks in tongues, they are the holy of holiest, santo. Right? And that's how I saw it. Because I had this mentality of dead works, of having to do stuff. So I asked him, so what do you do? Tell me, please give me the secret. Tell me. And he said, Okay, first, you have to pray, okay, a lot. And second, you have to be clean. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I must be so dirty. I'm so dirty, Lord. Oh, gosh, I'm dirty. I'm so dirty. And I just focused on being dirty. Now, mind you, I had no idea what the gospel was. But I asked the wrong person anyway. So make sure you ask the right person, okay? First of all, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Second, if you want to ask someone, ask a leader. You know, ask someone that, that kind of understands the word. Because honestly, we don't fully understand everything. But that kind of gets it. And, and, and in this case, what Paul is saying, he's like, look, you don't have to do all these rituals to be cleansed. It's in Jesus. And that's all I'm saying to you. Look. It's in Je How many of us forget about Jesus? See, the Holy Spirit comes, and he fills up the room, and he's, you know, allowing you to feel God's presence. And then all of a sudden, the, the Holy Spirit, the witness says, look at Jesus. Look at what he did for you. And you're like, wow, Jesus. And you go to the Father, and you're like, Father, you know, you're asking the Father for things. And he's like, it's in Jesus. It's provided in Jesus. And we forget that we need to have a relationship with the one who died for us. Amen. And then it says, can you put it back up? Uh, verse 2. So water baptisms and then laying on of hands. Leave it right there, okay? Don't, don't move it. Paul says we need to stop talking about and discussing laying on of hands. Now, I know what you're thinking. 
should we not pray? Didn't Mario just tell us to put our hand on someone's shoulder next to us and pray? Isn't that laying on of hands? That's not what it's talking about. But how many times have you heard, be careful who you lay your hands on, brother. <laughs> like, I don't have the Holy Spirit. Like, he who is in us is not greater than he who is in the world. Amen? This is not talking about whether you should pray for someone or not. This is talking, again, about the old covenant. It's talking about when someone would bring their sacrifice, a lamb, it was perfect in the eyes of God, no blemishes, and then they would lay their hands on the sacrifice so that the righteousness of the sacrifice would transfer over into the the sinner and the sins of the person would transfer over into the sacrifice. They would sacrifice and that person would be forgiven and cleansed. That's what it's talking about. Laying on of hands in that sense. And what does it sum up to? It sums up to Jesus. He did it already. He's the lamb that paid already with his blood. Amen? That's what it's talking about. It's not talking about praying for people. Because then it says, lay your hands on the sick and they shall be healed. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. This is talking about laying on of hands in, in order to receive forgiveness. In order to receive righteousness. You don't receive righteousness by doing stuff. You receive it from Jesus as a gift. As a gift. How many religions are out there telling people to go do stuff so they can get good? The real gospel is the only religion, the only gospel that says you don't got to go do stuff to be good. Because you, you will never be able to do enough. You won't be able to. Do, you could be Mother Teresa. It doesn't matter. We could never do enough to be good in the eyes of God. He gives us righteousness as a gift because of his sacrifice. It's different. Totally different. Are you with me? Feels good to hear this, right? Maybe not for some, but it feels good for me. It feels good to hear this because we get into like this this motion of doing stuff. and, And we forget that it's a gift, that it's about Jesus. You feel stuck? You feel stagnant? You feel like a pond and not a river? Go back to Jesus. Go back to righteousness as a gift. Talk to yourself. Just be like, Lord, thank you for for the righteousness you're giving me as a gift. But we've gone back to focusing on not sinning, some of us. Like, I'm not going to cuss today. I'm not going to cuss, Lord. Yes, I'm not going to cuss and someone cuts you off and baby. <laughs> right? Because we focused on the on the not um, what I'm not tell a kid not to touch something. Tell him. And watch him try to do it. I got nephews. I see him. No, don't do. It. No, don't. Don't go there. Like just got to grab him and put him over there, right? I know what it's like. So God doesn't treat us like that. He doesn't say focus on what you can't do. Just focus on what I've done for you. That I've made you righteous. 
Now, you don't got to go and, and lay your hands on the, on the lamb again and, Lord, you know, your blood again. I plead your blood. Where is that in the Bible? We'll talk later. You can prove it to me later. Verse 2 of laying on of the hands, okay, of resurrection of the dead. Like, come on. That's an obvious one. We can't argue that one, right? Jesus himself resurrected, first of all. And he said, I am the life, the resurrection and the life. And that's the one I'll be talking about on Easter. I'll be talking about the resurrection of the dead. So that's going to be awesome. And the last one, and of eternal judgment. (gasps) Uh Uh-oh. Let me get some water for that one. Of eternal judgment. Be afraid. No, I'm just kidding. Don't be afraid. You're a child of God. You're in the hands of God. There's a different judgment for you. There's totally different judgment for you. See, there's a judgment for the sinner that didn't believe that that is going to determine where they go. Heaven or hell? And, well, we know the answer to that. And there's a, a judgment for the believer. There's a judgment for those of us that have believed in Jesus that doesn't determine whether we go to heaven or hell, it determines with what we did with what God gave us. That was a tongue twister. So God gives us a calling. He gives us a purpose here on earth because that's why you're alive, if you didn't know. You're alive because God has called you with a purpose. And it's, the Bible says that he's going to take into account everything good and everything bad you did. And it's not to determine whether you belong in him. It's just to see how you did with what he gave you. So when he gives, for example, the parable of the talents, right? He, he, he gives the parable of the talents. There's two, by the way. But on one of them, he comes back. Or the vineyard, for example. He comes back and he sees how everything was managed. That's it. So we don't have to be afraid of eternal judgment because we're in the hands of God. And we belong to Jesus. And even in the book of John, it says, look, in the day of judgment, you're going to have confidence. Because as he is, so are we in this world. I believe it's John 2. First of John 2. So we don't have to be afraid of eternal judgment. We don't. So why is Paul saying that? Let's move on from that. Can you imagine? Let's move on from eternal judgment. You think some believers need to move on from eternal judgment? In the church for believers. That's why Paul says, let's move on from that because Jesus paid the price already. You see how everything is summed up in Jesus? Everything is summed up in him. Amen? Everything is summed up in Jesus. So much so that the Father says in Ephesians chapter 1 that he wants heaven and earth to be summed up in him. Christ. Everything is summed up in Jesus. Let me go to the the book of Luke. Chapter 24 with you guys. So you can see how important it is to discover Jesus in our life. Luke 24, 13. We're going to read quite a bit on this one. So let me know when you're there, please. Luke 24, 13. It's a good read right here. 
Pay attention, okay? Here we go. <sighs> now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emos, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. So they're going away from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him, although they're his disciples. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? So he knows them. Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? <laughs> oh, man, I love Jesus. So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, talking to Jesus, who was, listen, this is his disciples, who was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. They had lost hope. Indeed, besides all this, today, listen, today is the third day since these things happened. Okay? It's the third day. So they were expecting something on the third day. Yes, verse 22. And, and uh, certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women said. But him they did not see. Okay, they're talking to Jesus. I'm just going to remind you every time. Then he said to them. Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses, and in other words, beginning at Genesis, and all of the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. Woo! So good. So important to know Jesus. He wants to reveal himself to you and me. He wants you to see him for who he truly is. The Christ, the Redeemer. Not a good prophet in word and deed. But Christ, the Redeemer of the entire world. These guys are walking away from Jerusalem. Stuff has happened. They're not pleased. They lost hope. They're sad. Jesus approaches them, begins to talk with them. 
They say, are you, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Don't you know what happened to our Jesus? Don't you know what happened to the one we thought was the Savior, the Redeemer of Israel? He's dead. And they're talking to him. And they don't see him. They don't see him. He's right in front of them. He, they, they hear his voice. They see a, a, a person there. But they don't see him for who he truly is. When I went on my journey last year where the Lord just shook my world, the whole point of that was to make Jesus important in our life again as a church, as a community, as a people. Because the Father's desire is for everyone that sees Jesus to believe in him, have eternal life, and be raised up on the last day. And these two had lost it. They had lost hope. They were sad. They were distraught. They were leaving. Have you ever thought about leaving? Never thought about I'm just going to bounce. And Jesus approaches them, draws near to them. And they, they don't see him yet. But as he, he begins to talk, he says, as he begins to reveal more of him. He goes through the entire word from Genesis. Look, this is where I'm at. You see where Moses said that? That's where I'm at. You see in this prophet said that? That's, that's me. You see that I was to suffer and resurrect? That's me right there. You see uh, Isaiah 53? That's where I'm at. You see Psalm 23? That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at because it's all about Jesus. And everything that we do. Everything, who we are, why we function, it's all about Jesus. So he begins to reveal himself to them. He begins to go through the whole thing. And then they end up, they don't, they don't see him yet. They end up inviting him in the house to abide with us. In other words, Come, stay the, stay the night with us. Come, be in our home with us. Amen? Be with us for, for a moment. And they sat down. Let's just say they sat down at a table, just to put it in our terms, right? We don't know if it was the ground or whatever. But at a table, they're sitting. They're talking about Jesus. Then he breaks the bread. They're talking about Jesus to Jesus. He's talking about Jesus, and he's Jesus. They break the bread. I mean, he breaks the bread. And their eyes are open. The sacrifice of Jesus. When you see it plainly. And you're like, wow. Everything that Jesus did on the cross. Everything he's done for me. That he gave his body. He gave his everything for me. He didn't stay dead. He's resurrected. Their eyes were opened. And they saw him for him. That's what the Lord wants you to see every day in your life. He wants you to know that it sums, everything is summed up in Jesus Christ. I love, listen, listen to this. I, I didn't give this to, to Pao, but verse 30, 32. Listen to, listen to their response. And they said to one another, now he vanished, by the way. He's gone. This is like the matrix. He's gone. Okay. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. 
Sometimes we want our hearts to burn with passion and we attempt to do all of these weird things. It's not about doing stuff. It's just literally about turning our heart, our awareness to Jesus Christ and seeing him for who he is. And they're like, did not our hearts burn while he was talking and taking us through the scriptures? I want my heart to burn. I want your heart to burn. God wants our hearts to burn for Jesus Christ, that we would see him for who he truly is. And that's what we're going to go through in April in this journey. We're just going to see Jesus some more. Amen? And you might hear some stuff you've heard before, but who cares? Okay? Just take it into your heart. Take Jesus in your heart and make him, make him known wherever you go. Like Jesus is with you wherever you go. Make him known wherever you go and get to know him wherever you go. Amen? All right, we're going to stop there. We're going to pray. It's just a little intro from what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about Jesus. The Bible says that he was made lower than the angels when he came to earth. And that the Father glorified him above it all. And that his name is above all names. And that one day, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Listen to that. This is, wow. Wow. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see how important, see how important it is? It's not ignoring or putting away other truth. It's building upon the truth, the foundation that Jesus has laid. He wants you to see him for who he truly is. Jesus is here. He wants to deliver you. He wants to heal you. He wants to bless you. If you need prayer for anything, anything, the front is open. You may come. I'm going to have some folks pray if you need prayer. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the L.A. area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.